Thank you for choosing Talks News, a Portum Rebellion broadcast. And boy, oh boy, oh boy, do we have a packed full day of news. We got a lot. We got a lot, a lot, a lot. And not all of it is video segments. But uh, I do have two videos to go over shortly, hopefully. Uh, one being Ben Shapiro, going back to the Shapiro show. I know I do it frequently, but he's uh, got a lot of viewers, a lot of subscribers, a lot of followers. And uh, this segment I found interesting called Hollywood Sneers at Leftists. Should be interesting. And then we're going to follow it up with Jay Sekulo who I am very unfamiliar with, but it seems that he has the scoop on the case being brought to the Supreme Court from Texas. So we'll be getting into that. But I do have a few just news items to even go over. And so we shall begin that on this wonderful, wonderful hump day. Um, it's going great. Everything's good. Everything's great. You know, shouts out to everybody out there toiling. I hope you get that bread. Um, I think we're just going to begin with the video segments and then we will work our way into the news articles that I want to touch upon. So let's begin first with Ben Shapiro and sneering at non-leftists. Is being propagandized by people in Hollywood. Again, it's, it's elitists in the media and in Hollywood and in government who believe they ought to rule your lives and decide what is morally okay and what is morally not. And this is how you end up with the specter of Pete Davidson on NSL, SNL on Saturday Night Live telling people over the weekend that if you're protesting lockdown, you look like a baby. I'm, I'm noticing that Pete Davidson was sitting on the set of Saturday Night Live. I didn't watch the uh, segment, but I just want to highlight here that rather than focusing on, you know, um, going back to work in unsafe, unsanitary conditions. Rather, we should be focusing on making sure that people are able to pay rent regardless of them going to work. Uh, I feel that the anti-lockdown protest is misguided frustration that should be pointed at the wealthy and the government to be able to uh, assist Americans through these troublesome times. Um, let me see here. I have a perfect article just to highlight what I'm talking about. So I understand their ire when they go out for these anti-lockdown protests because if they're not allowed to go to work, they can't really pay rent. But uh, uh, the government has to take some responsibility for that issue. And we have this report here from CommonDreams.org. And it says, new research shows pandemic profits of billionaires could fully fund $3,000 stimulus checks for every person in the United States. It says in quotes here, America's billionaires could pay for a major COVID relief bill and still not lose a dime of their pre-virus rich riches. The article continues, America's 651 billionaires have gained so much wealth during the coronavirus pandemic that they could fully pay for one time. $3,000 stimulus checks for every person in the United States and still be better off than they were before the crisis. That's according to new research released Wednesday by Americans for Tax Fairness and the Institute for Policy Studies, groups that have been tracking the pandemic profits of U.S. billionaires since mid-March. In the 
early nine-month period between March 18th and December 7th, American billionaires gained more than $1 trillion in wealth as people across the United States lost their jobs, their businesses, their homes, and their lives to the pandemic. The collective net worth of U.S. billionaires now sits just above $4 trillion, nearly double the combined wealth owned by the bottom 50% of the American population. So as you can see here, it is not necessarily the lockdowns that are stifling people, but the concentration of wealth and the uh, incompetency of our government to tax it properly. So, um, you know, I can see how uh, Pete Davidson making that remark, especially on a show that is about jokes, um, how that can hit uh, Ben Shapiro's sensitive spot. But we're really losing focus when we go, we don't want to be locked down, when really it should just be about we need to pay rent. And, uh, you know, making work mandatory for that is a serious uh, flaw in capitalism, the meritocracy that it is. But, uh, you know, in, you know, extreme cases like this, the government and the wealthy should really step up and uh, they don't want to. They want to rake in those profits, pay off the shareholders, board members and um, buy a house with 28 bathrooms in it. Shouts out to Jeff Bezos. Like a foot and a half from, from another human being while he was saying this. I saw a uh, dumb point to make because I'm sure that they get tested often um, and I wouldn't doubt that they definitely would test before, uh, 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 f um, I guess, broadcasting the show. That would be pretty foolish of them not to make sure that everybody tests negative before doing a one week show, a weekly show. So uh, the protest, people were outside the bar shouting about freedom taunting the cops, chanting that they should arrest the governor. But it's Staten Island, so I assumed that it was just like a typical last call. <laughs> and are you against these protests? I mean, kind of, but I'm also just happy I'm no longer the first thing people think of when they say, what's the worst thing about Staten Island? I take it that you found these protests frustrating. <laughs> yeah, man, they're making us look like babies. You know, you know, it's bad when even people in Boston are like, ah, drink at home, you queers. Um. Okay, uh, first of all, I'm, I'm still not sure why people find Pete Davidson humorous. But beyond that, Pete Davidson is sitting at his workplace a foot and a half from another person wearing no mask. Right? A foot and a half from another person wearing no mask. But uh, why is he like really pulling on this as if it's a real issue? I'm sure they do testing before every show. That is such a ridiculous point to make. The, again, trying to highlight, uh, you know, left. And I'm not even sure if. You know, Pete Davidson really is a leftist, but trying to point out hypocrisy without actually even caring about the situation. I don't think Ben actually cares about uh, social distancing unless he is able to highlight hypocrisy in order to say, I am better than that, even though <laughs> he is not. He gets to lecture you about what you ought to do. And his business, I've noticed, is not being destroyed also. He isn't lecturing anybody. He's actually making fun of them. Ridicule might actually be the best form of... Um, well, I wasn't going to say shame, but uh, shaming people might actually get them to realize the uh, selfishness that they uh, can't seem to perceive before being ridiculed. So, You may have noticed there's a live studio audience for SNL. You know how? Because they actually designated... I'm not kidding. They actually designated live studio audiences, employees for purposes of essential services for SNL. Okay, so it only applies. Yeah, apparently the SNL audience is being paid. And I think the reason why they're doing it is because SNL would be um, weird as fuck without any laughs behind it. I think it would be pretty creepy to see just improv and no laughs. 
So I'm sure that's probably what it was. You know, it worked for John Oliver once he got the swing of things. Last week tonight didn't need the studio on it, audience to really hit the punchlines. But uh, I think it's it might actually be essential to the success of SNL before people are like, you know what, this is actually pretty creepy. I'm not saying that it's okay, but hopefully they are, you know, doing the necessary precautions to make sure that nobody catches COVID at their shows. To little people, it only applies to little people like you. You own a business, you want to spend time with your family. The rules must be applied to you. And you are a bad person if you buck the rules or if you protest. I mean, there should be consistency all over. In uh, Denver, the mayor went out of town after telling everybody that they should stay home for the holidays. And that kind of hypocrisy is detrimental to the message that you're trying to send. Like, it hurts it. So um, there should be consistency in uh, government orders when it comes to the lockdowns and COVID restrictions. Um, and... You know, we're not really 100% sure what the uh, prerequisites were for uh, SNL to open up again. But, uh, you know, so far we haven't heard a single case come out of SNL, even though Trump rallies, Trump rallies had several cases come out of that. In fact, they've seen spikes in counties. So the, the level of arrogance that is applied to one half of the American population is just insane. It's just insane. And you'll be ripped up and down, by the way, if you note this. So Matthew McConaughey committed this grave sin. So McConaughey oh, yeah. uh, happens to be... Oh, yeah. McConaughey is so canceled. He's He's been so canceled because of everything he's been saying lately. He, he is on the left. I'm being Last sarcastic. I checked, he, he's a Democrat. Uh, I know that he's in favor of gun control. He spoke at March for Our Lives. But he happens to be sort of more culturally moderate. And so he was on a show with, with Russell Brand. And he said, the far left in Hollywood is arrogant toward conservatives. And, and the world just caved in on him. How dare he say this? Because there is one thing that the left cannot stand, and that is someone calling out their bullcrap. Was- I didn't hear anybody actually respond to Matthew McConaughey whatsoever. I don't think anybody cared when he said that. I mean, like, conservatives are, of course, just going to cry about it because their job is to play the victim. Uh, that way, they're anti-establishment. It's Matthew McConaughey calling out their bullcrap and getting a bunch of crap for it. There is a lot. Okay, I really hope that afterwards we see who gives him the crap. Otherwise, Ben is doing that victimhood thing where he's creating caricatures of BLM and Antifa and crying in the middle of a room saying how scared he is. On that illiberal left that absolutely condescend, patronize, and are arrogant towards that other 50%. You and you say, hey, we want to get out the vote. We want people to go be able to go vote. We're going to do a campaign to let people vote. I'm like, 100%. Yes, everyone. Is there anyone who would say no to that? And then they can't help themselves. At the very end of it, they go, so we don't let those criminal get back in Austin. You're going, whoa. You're like, no, don't say the last part. You lost 50% of your audience. Okay, McConaughey got a bunch of crap from people in Hollywood for this. How dare he? Because how dare he point out that there's an entire other... Are we going to get examples, or is it literally just Hollywood that apparently hates Matthew McConaughey now? Even though... Matthew definitely seems to be leaving his acting career and slowly moving into politics. I think it was rumored that he was uh, considering to run for uh, governor in Texas. So um, I I am genuinely curious if Ben is going to have any examples of anybody caring what Matthew McConaughey just said. Even though I disagree with Matthew McConaughey because 
with the GOP basically being Trump apologists, I can see why a lot of people feel that conservatives are on the criminality side and also very willing to allow authoritarianism in this country. So I can see where the left uh, supposedly is coming from with that argument if Matthew McConaughey is to be believed with what he said someone else said. Um, but like I said, Ben Shapiro better provide some Hollywood elites coming out and saying, fuck Matthew McConaughey. Otherwise, he is um, kicking up dust. That's pretty much it. Sides of the political aisle. This is the kind of scorn that Hollywood has for you. This is the kind of scorn the media have for you and your politicians. Haven't right, this, seen, this... Still haven't seen any of the scorn. Very interested to see what scorn he is talking about. Group of elitists who all traffic in the same circles. These people believe they ought to rule you from above. And if you buck that system in any way, regardless of the industry that you are in, then you will be called out and you'll be ostracized. You'll be socially ostracized. And, get and I think Ben Shapiro is of the stoicism philosophy where uh, he goes with Plato and Plato believed that everybody is born into a cast and it is their place to play their cast. And um, he also believed that philosophers should be in positions of power and that those in positions of power definitely know better uh, than the ones who are of serfdom or lower, you know, the slaves, the workers, what have you. Um, so if Ben Shapiro is as Plato as... I think he might be, then he may also believe the same thing that, uh, you know, working class people should be ruled over because they do not know what is good for them. We will never know the truth of that, though. I just know that he is uh, a, a student of stoicism. I just don't know how far he's willing to go with that, since America also holds mobility as one of its, um, you know, top uh, attributes, even though mobility in this country is actually pretty hard. Uh, get to more of that in just one second, because, you know, it does feel in the United States and it has felt for quite a while. I, I'm firmly convinced that this is what the Trump backlash has been about. I'm firmly convinced that it feels if you are on one side of the political aisle, which is to say anywhere to the right of Karl Marx at this point, but certainly anywhere to the right of, of Hillary Clinton, <laughs> that you are under constant assault. You're under constant assault from authoritarian government officials, from a media that will lie to you and about you. You're under assault from Hollywood that wishes to promulgate messages that run directly counter he's literally this is him making those car cut out cardboards saying that these are the enemies and he's crying in the middle of the floor and it's this is literally that because he has absolutely no examples he's just building up the victimhood for conservatives so that they can feel anti-establishment as if the whole world is against them as as if they're not against certain parts of the world such as uh transgender people shouts out to elliot page to your values, you're under assault from social media that censors your viewpoints and from journalists who will go digging through all of your old posts to find something that they can use as a club to cudgel you. You're under assault from corporations and from your bosses who might fire you if a bad old tweet is resurfaced. It feels like that. It feels like the walls are closing in. And that is not a coincidence. He's literally like, uh, you know, he told it's like it's as if he told his listeners to close their eyes and imagine the walls closing in and he's just describing the situation. That's that's all he's doing. It's, and it's absolutely nothing real, because if you can look at these complex situations, you can get better context if you really tried to take a critical look at them. But Ben wants you to just feel victimized for being conservative as if conservatives don't victimize other people. There is a plan from elitists to make the walls close in on you. Because they must, they must achieve your silence. They must achieve not just your silence, but your assent. 
They want you to be complicit in the destruction of your own values. That is the goal here. And that is why it feels monolithic. That's why it feels like a tsunami right now, a cultural, uh, cultural tsunami. And Trump was a middle finger to that. That middle finger is not going to go away post-election, regardless of what happens, regardless of how this election ends up being adjudicated, regardless of what the Electoral College does. Okay, that, that push to take over all of the institutions of power in our society, from government to Hollywood to academia to the education system to, to, the, to all of the main outlets of media to social media, that push is going to continue unabated from the left because they're engaged in renormalization of American values. They're engaged in institutional capture so they can cram down on you a particular agenda and then ostracize you if you dare to speak up against it. I hope you... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he provided no proof of the scorn that my Matthew McConaughey faced. And so he created a five-minute segment just to say how victimized the conservatives are. The poor conservatives... Oh, those poor, poor conservatives and their beliefs. Uh, what are we going to do to help them? I don't know, but, you know, Ben Shapiro will be there every day, Monday through Friday, to help you feel victimized so you can fight back. And that is that. So let's get into the next video segment here, getting into the Texas lawsuit, which I have a brief article that I'm just going to skim here that brought me the video. And it says, uh, scroll, scroll, scroll. It's from American Thinker, who I'm a little unfamiliar with. But it says the Texas lawsuit in the Supreme Court is huge. And I'm just going to read this uh, specific quote here from the statement. And it says, Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton today filed a lawsuit against Georgia, Michigan, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin in the United States Supreme Court. The four states exploited the COVID-19 pandemic to justify ignoring federal and state election laws and unlawfully enacting last-minute changes, thus skewing the results of the 2020 election. Uh, the battleground states flooded their people with unlawful ballot applications and ballots while ignoring statutory requirements as how they were received, evaluated, and counted. And of course, they're going to need to provide evidence because we still haven't really seen any. We have seen plenty of accusations going around, specifically about Georgia and Pennsylvania, but you know we don't have anything concrete that was able to even overturn the results in those states. So, quote, Trust in the integrity of our election processes is sacrosanct. Uh, oh, I can't even say that word. Sacrosanct. Sac sacrosanct. Hmm. Uh, process is sacred and binds our citizenry and the states in this union together. Georgia, Michigan, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin destroyed that trust and compromised the security and integrity of the 2020 election. The states violated statutes enacted by their duty, uh, duly elected legislatures, thereby violating the Constitution. By ignoring both state and federal law, these states have not only tainted the integrity of their own citizens' vote, but of Texas and every other state that held lawful elections, said Attorney General Paxton. Quote, their failure to abide by the rule of law casts a dark shadow of doubt over the outcome of the entire election. We now ask that the Supreme Court step in to correct this egregious error. And I think maybe if they were to actually overturn all four and give them to Trump, then he would be at 270. Um, and there might be a serious contention over who's going to be uh, elected president. We have about five days before the... Uh, Electoral College officially announces the winner, but uh, yeah, it doesn't even really say when this is going to be brought to the Supreme Court, 
but I will continue here with the statement that says elections for federal office must comport with federal constitutional standards. For presidential elections, each state must appoint its electors to the Electoral College in a manner that complies with the Constitution. The Elector's Clause requirement that only state legislatures may set the rules governing the appointment of electors and elections and cannot be delegated to local officials. The majority of the rush decisions made by local officials were not approved by the state legislatures, thereby circumventing the Constitution. And they are going to have to provide their evidence that uh, there was unofficial channels done by the local officials in order to ensure people were able to vote. So we will see how that churns out, but we have this video here specifically to give us more. Filed by the state of Texas and their attorney general, the state of Texas versus the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, the state of Georgia, the state of Michigan, and the state of Wisconsin. This lawsuit, again, at the uh, filing at the U.S. Supreme Court. This is the most significant of the cases filed, and it's the most significant because it is, as Jordan just said, completely outcome determinative. What does that mean? It means that if the court were to rule in favor of Texas, those four states, the states named in the complaint, would in fact uh, have their state legislatures determine the outcome. They, they would pick the electors. This case now invokes the original jurisdiction of the Supreme Court, which means states can sue states for violations of law or claims that they have in the Supreme Court of the United States. The Supreme Court does not have to accept the case. It's discretionary. In all of these states, we have... So this, the case might not even be accepted, and that's going to be an interesting uh, look and see. Uh elections that are at variance with their own statutory rules that's number one it'd be great if they had examples otherwise we're just doing the same thing that we have been doing with the election which is allegation allegation no evidence so please provide proof otherwise you're just uh, stirring the pot of right-wingers who think that their president could still win or stirring the pot for people who thought that the election was stolen from their president but number two, in Pennsylvania in particular, the Secretary of State made an affirmative representation to the United States Supreme Court suggesting that ballots would be segregated uh, that were challenged. She failed to comply. This comes on the day that electors are, are being seated. Yeah. And then uh, next week on the 14th, they will vote. Uh, so this all has to happen very quickly. But this is... Extremely significant because the state, Texas, has the jurisdiction to go right to the U.S. Supreme Court. It's part of the original ju jurisdiction of Article 3 of the U.S. and the Constitution against uh, filing against these states. What this is saying is you violated equal protection of the law uh, in the way you conducted, you states who are defendants, in the way you conducted your elections, you diluted the electoral votes of the Texas people, and you therefore violated the Equal Protection Clause of the Constitution. The court in Bush for Yeah, but that's only if they actually broke the uh, any rules regarding the voting within their states. So that allegation has yet to provide any evidence. There's there's so far none. And all, all they keep doing, and it seems like this is cut from a longer show, is just like moving from uh, accusation to next, accusation to the, the next, to the next, to the next. Versus Gore had argument on the briefs were finished up around the 10th or 11th. 11th. 
Argument was done on the 12th. Decision came out on the 13th or thereby, maybe a day off. And then the, then the electors met. This, this, if accepted, and they have jurisdiction, I mean, it's original jurisdiction. What original jurisdiction means is that it's not a situation where I file a petition for a certiorari because I've gone from the district court to the court of appeals to the Supreme Court. The case from Texas, different from Mike Kelly's case, go, went directly to the Supreme Court of the United States and lays out very clearly all of the legal issues that have to be addressed. What's important to point out here is that one of the options is that if the electoral college... All the legal, uh, you know, uh, investigations, what, would it, what did he say? I'm sorry. All of the legal issues that have to be addressed. Oh, legal issues, yeah. Legal issues that have to be addressed, but, like, you still need investigation to see whether or not crimes have been uh, committed. So, like, again, there's just no evidence. There's just no proof and nothing but accusation that just keeps that, like, pot stirred. What's important to point out here is that one of the options is that if the electoral college votes aren't redistributed through new electors by state legislatures, uh, Congress gets involved, and even though the House is controlled by Democrats, they don't control state delegations. This is even a greater uh, majority, so to speak, than it was last Congress. Last Congress, uh, Republicans only controlled 26 delegations, and there was one tie. Jordan, now they're going to control 27, and two of them are going to be tied. So essentially, that's a 27 to 21 delegation advantage. If it goes to the Congress, uh, President Trump would certainly have the advantage. As John Adams says, and as is quoted, uh, by uh, Ken Paxton, the Attorney General of Texas, that form of government which is best contrived to secure an impartial and exact execution of the law is the best of republics. In other words, follow the law in your state. Unlike the situation where Justice Alito was the circuit justice for the Third Circuit, which included Pennsylvania, and could issue the initial administrative stay, which he did in our case, and he did in another, in this uh, Congressman Kelly's case, um, and then it refers to the court. This is a bill of complaint. You would have to have five justices agree to accept the bill. Now, could Chief Justice Roberts issue an administrative order Pending this, of course, he's the Chief Justice of the United, not just the Chief Justice of the United States Supreme Court, he is the Chief Justice of the United States. So yes, he could issue an order, but it wouldn't be, it, the de determination as to who is going to take the case rests with the nine justices. This is a critical suit, folks. This is an important piece of litigation. Forget all the other suits, uh, excuse me, that have been filed in other jurisdictions <laughs> for the moment. This is now before the Supreme Court. Forget about them because none of them have come out for success. Absolutely none of them. Of the United States, this court will determine one way or another what's going to happen in this election. I think it's important for you to understand this single case. They could, they could go one way by just not accepting the case is outcome determinative it is outcome determinative this is the one we said there was going to be one one you're looking at it and yeah this does seem to be like the uh horse that they're going to try and finish the race on um but here if you go on twitter you can follow john fetterman he's the lieutenant governor of pennsylvania and he has actually been keeping up with a lot of the election issues uh he focused on the cases that were presented in pennsylvania but here interestingly enough he said and i quote it must be said that this lawsuit both in quotes 
has the same chance of success as mine suing my dude, Lieutenant General Dan Patrick, for my handsome reward of $2 million in Sheets gift cards. One difference? My underlying claim is actually valid. Dude offered a reward for voter fraud, and I delivered evidence. Emoji. And, yeah, uh, John Fetterman is definitely one of my uh, go-to guys when I hear of a new case being brought up just to see uh, how he you know, feels about it since I don't understand the election process too much and it seems he we have a bit of an insider here that's at least willing to drop his hot takes on Twitter. So I just want to highlight here that John Fetterman, the Lieutenant General of Pennsylvania, does not see a lot of success in this lawsuit specifically, but I do think it was important to highlight regardless because it is challenging the votes in four different states. So while they're arguing that it disenfranchised or made it unequal for other states' votes, um, they're actually attempting with that case to overturn and ignore, possibly ignore, people's votes that were in four states. So in four states, they're trying to do what they're claiming is happening to Texas because of their procedures. And uh, yeah, so far, there still just really hasn't been much evidence. And so a lot of this just really comes off as a really whack joke. So um, we got to move on because last night Portland police reported that Portland police are investigating a shooting involved the U.S. Marshals Fugitive Task Force involving a wanted fugitive in North Portland. Portland police were not involved in the shooting. And the thing about it is, is that I believe it was about two months ago that Michael Reinel, um who attended a BLM protest and shot a member of Patriot Prayer, uh, killing uh, the member of Patriot Prayer. He, uh, Michael Rhino, was also killed by U.S. Marshals. They found him and they killed him. No due process. And Trump was even quoted at a rally that said that they didn't want to bring him in. As if, you know, uh, U.S. Marshals are allowed to have that. Like, they're walking around like Judge dread and just able to uh take out anybody they perceive to be a uh what's the word i'm looking for uh perceived to be uh a, a criminal you know that's uh that's basically we had the first hints of uh president trump having a hit squad which that felt a lot like even in an interview afterwards he told judge janine that there has to be retribution and didn't really comment on the fact that um, a citizen's due process and constitutional rights were ignored because they didn't want to bring him in, quote-unquote. So uh, after doing a little bit of research, they called him a fugitive, but they haven't really been specific as to why. And apparently the dictionary word for, or the dictionary definition of fugitive uh, could mean someone who escaped from jail, but also it could mean um, someone who was just on the run from police. So they haven't actually been convicted of a crime, but they are uh, hiding from the police. And so far, every article hasn't uh, expanded on the idea, or not the idea, but on the reason why this man was uh, shot. Now, he is hospitalized. Um, but yeah, I have not seen a single article actually say, um, what for, 
Um, so I'm trying to see here. Yeah, all the articles are still the ones from last night, and none of them can specify really the whole situation that had gone down. So I wanted to highlight that because that, in a way, is an extra judicial, uh, extra wow, extra judicial killing because uh, he had not gone through due process for the crime committed. So you, you're gonna have to follow that story, uh, follow it up with, just to see how that all churns out. Um, you know what I should have gotten into before getting into this, because, uh, it has something to do with the elections and not extrajudicial shootings by the government, but, uh, YouTube dropped a new policy and it begins today. It says supporting the 2020 U.S. election. And it reads over the past weeks and months, we've seen people coming to YouTube to learn more about where and how to vote or learning more about a candidate or an issue. We've seen news organizations grow their audience, and we've seen people turn to YouTube for the latest election results or simply to follow in a historic event with the highest voting turnout in over a century in the United States. Our main goal going into the election season was to make sure we're connecting people with authoritative information while also limiting the reach of misinformation and removing harmful content. The work here is ongoing and we wanted to provide an update. So, their community guidelines prohibit spam, scams, or other manipulated media, coordinated influence operations, and any content that seeks to incite violence. Since September, we've terminated over 8,000 channels and thousands of harmful and misleading elections-related videos for violating or existing policies, uh, their existing policies. Over 77% of those vi removed videos were taken down before they had 100 views. We also work to make sure that the line between what is removed and what is allowed is drawn in the right place. Our policies prohibit misleading viewers about where and how to vote. We also disallow content alleging widespread fraud or errors change the outcome of a historical U.S. presidential election. However, in some cases, that has meant allowing controversial views on the outcome or process of counting votes of a current election as election officials have worked to finalize counts. Yesterday was the safe harbor deadline for the U.S. presidential election, and enough states have certified their election results to determine a president-elect. Given that, we will start removing any piece of content uploaded today or any time after that misleads people by alleging that widespread fraud or errors change the outcome of the 2020 U.S. presidential election in line with our approach towards historical U.S. presidential elections. For example, we will remove videos claiming that a presidential candidate who won the election due to widespread software glitches or counting errors. We will begin enforcing this policy today and will ramp up in the weeks to come. As always, news coverage and commentary on these issues can remain on our site if there's sufficient education, documentary, scientific, or artistic context. Now, uh, just off of that, that the, the whole electoral uh, issue has been really a main focus for the Louder with Crowder. And so I'm kind of wondering whether or not he might actually get hurt from this specifically but i wouldn't be surprised if he tried to do a video that outright just claims that uh president trump won the election or that it was stolen from him and his video get down and he creates a whole bunch of controversy around that because 
Steven Crowder has never been um, shy from saying that he is targeted by YouTube. I mean, like every time I watch some of his videos, he's constantly saying how the algorithm knocks his videos off from recommendations and from the search. And it's like, no, as soon as you type in Steven Crowder, it pulls him up and his videos are recommended to me because I watch a lot of them. So uh, maybe he's talking about people that don't watch his channel so much, but the algorithm is skewed to point people in the direction of videos and content that they're already related to. So if they're not related to Crowder, I doubt they're going to get any Crowder videos. But me, on the other hand, I get plenty. So um, I wouldn't be surprised to see this actually become a right wing issue in itself that uh, they can't even report on the dispute of the U.S. presidential election, even though yet again, even the Department of Justice William Barr uh, said that there was no proof of widespread voter fraud. So when we have that going out, um, uh, you know, people should accept the uh, situation. But, uh, you know, it's all about stirring that pot and making sure that the victimized anti-establishment conservatives stay Team Trump all the way through 2024. That's for sure. And what else do we have to grab today? Let's see. What else did I save? What else did I save? Oh, uh, yeah. Um, I got a couple things. Let's see here. And this goes off of... And I should have done the YouTube video after because now we're going from the extrajudicial shooting by the U.S. Marshals from Portland, if you remember, before I got into the YouTube uh, policy change, which I obviously did in the wrong order because I am extreme professional at its professional zenith. Now, we have a report here from Salon.com that says armed police raid home of whistleblower who accused DeSantis administration of a COVID cover-up. Yup. And uh, it has been found that he did cover up those numbers in order to help Trump through the 2020 election. So the article reads, a Florida data scientist who accused the state of manipulating coronavirus data at the onset of the pandemic just had her home raided by state police and is now alleging that Governor Ron DeSantis was behind it. Rebecca Jones helped build the state's coronavirus dashboard before she was fired by the Florida Department of Health in May after she says she refused to make certain changes to the data. On Monday, she released a video of armed officers raiding her home. Quote, they pointed a gun in my face, unquote. Jones said in a tweet with a video of an officer pointing a gun up a staircase as she told him her two children were upstairs. They pointed guns at my kids, quote unquote. According to a copy of the affidavit that the Florida Department of Law Enforcement said it used to obtain the search warrant on Jones's home, the department is investigating a complaint that a person legally hacked, illegally hacked into a web-based platform developed by the Florida Department of Health for, quote, inc incident and emergency planning, unquote, in November and sent a message to the multi-user account group. Quote, it's time to speak up before another 17,000 people are dead, the group text read. Quote, you know this is wrong. You don't have to be part of this. Be a hero. Speak out before it's too late. Now, regardless of whether or not the uh, alleged crimes are um, true, the, the unfortunate thing here is that they are criminalizing a whistleblower, you know, and that's not something that's even really new to the United States. If you let out government secrets, then you, the government is going to punish you, likely under the Espionage Act. But 
really um, hiding the case numbers and the deaths and just basically lying about the COVID pandemic, um, I would want to forgive the whistleblower for doing that because we have to know the severity of the situation in order to act accordingly. So for DeSantis to act accordingly, quote unquote, and um, basically raid her home and victimize this woman, uh, that's authoritarian nonsense and we should not tolerate it. Um, regardless of the, the, the alleged crimes that she has committed. Um, I think uh, Rebecca here is much more concerned with the health of Americans than even Ron DeSantis. So I just wanted to highlight that real quick as we get into another delicious piece of news. I'm sorry that I even said that, but I have to read this headline here from CNN. It says, Feds to investigate after a sheriff's deputy killed a black man entering his own home in Columbus, Ohio. So, you know, we had the George Floyd protests breaking out after a police officer sat on his neck for eight minutes and 46 seconds, and we are still facing the same exact issues. The article reads, a sheriff's deputy working for a fugitive task force shot and killed a black man trying to enter his own home in Columbus, Ohio last week in a case that is now being investigated by federal authorities. Casey Goodson, 23, was, wow, 23. Huh was fatally shot on Friday by a 17-year veteran of the Franklin County Sheriff's Office, identified as Deputy Jason Meade. Meade was working for the U.S. Marshal's Fugitive Task Force looking for violent offenders at the time, but Goodson was not the person being sought by the task force, Columbus Police said. Very interesting that this is the same task force that shot a uh, quote-unquote fugitive in Portland. Very interesting. Different states, but same task force. It says Goodson had put his keys into his door before he was shot and fell into the kitchen where his five-year-old brother and 72-year-old grandmother saw him lying on the ground with a Subway sandwich. Holy damn, dude. This is... Wow. What, we Wow. This, the streets are going to get back at it, dude. Even under Biden. Because if, this, if, if the police are not reined in, and hopefully one day abolished, this is going to continue to get worse and the streets will respond accordingly. That is, wow, come on, man. Goodson, an Ohio concealed carry permit holder, was legally armed at the time of the shooting, according to the Columbus Division of Police. Goodson was not alleged to have committed any crimes, has no criminal background, and was not the target of any investigation. Now, they have a saying by the NRA that, you know, one what stops a bad man with a gun? A good guy with a gun. They always forget to add, unless you're black. Because Goodson is black. During the U.S. Marshals Task Force operation in Columbus, Meade reported seeing a man with a gun and was investigating the situation when there was reportedly a verbal exchange prior to the shooting. According to police, no other officers witnessed the shooting great no civilian eyewitnesses have been identified and there's no body camera footage of the actual shooting because franklin county sheriff's task force officers aren't issued body cameras as if n not every cop needs body cameras just just the the police departments you know the local police that's that, those are the only ones right 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 cnn reached out to the franklin county sheriff's office for comment but has not yet heard back because they need to get their fucking story straight 
obviously. Walton called on authorities to provide the family answers and said the officer involved should be held accountable. Quote, at this point, witness testimony and physical evidence raised serious concerns about why Casey was even confronted, let alone why he was shot dead while entering his own home. In a statement, Walton said Goodson was, quote, an amazing young man whose life was tragically taken. Even hours after his death, the keys that he used to let himself in the house he, as he was shot and killed hung in the door. A reminder to his family of how close he was to safety, the attorney noted. This is, this is, this is terrible. This is terrible. How many, honestly, how many lives do police have to take before BLM is taken seriously as an organization and a movement before defund the police is actually taken to the, the the table for conversation when we have officers just completely going rogue on every murder that they commit and yet it also has a lot of ties with their training and this whole idea of them being warriors in the battlefield this all of this has led to such toxic levels that people cannot even enter their own homes without being killed in fact i think a year or maybe even two years ago there was the officer who entered the wrong home and ended up shotting the guy who actually lived there she did get charged for murder and was uh found guilty and is serving time for it but in a lot of cases this just keeps getting worse we you know brianna taylor's case is is another highlight of you can't even be safe in your own home if you are black in america and of course conservatives and right-wingers are going to think i'm being hyperbolic or even exaggerative to push a narrative but when these stories just keep coming out how many can you ignore No. Uh, NBC News reports here that Casey Goodson's fatal shooting by Ohio deputy ruled a homicide. Which is probably the easiest ruling that they've ever had. Um, Alright. So now we're just going to move on and go into uh, the Reddit, the subreddit conservative, our conservative, and just see what's kind of floating in their sphere What's going on? What are they thinking about? What are they talking about? Because uh, no more video segments, so let's just hit the uh, the 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 working class conservative computer user and let's see what they what they have to say. Um, and this is the subreddit to the Texas lawsuit in the Supreme Court. It says uh, the first reply here coming from Clatsop. I don't even know what that means, but it says count the legal votes and don't count the illegal votes. That's the right thing to do. And of course, illegal votes is just this vague term that allows them to say that all of this was going on, that, you know, there's so many illegal mail-in votes that were counted after the election. And so we should not be counting those. Um, and yet they don't have to provide any proof because they're not presenting it to a case. This is just them making those accusations in an echo chamber known as a subreddit. Uh, someone here said, can anyone verify whether or not the counting pause has happened ever before? What counting pause? I can't think of a single election where a bunch of states just stopped counting because it was late. Hell, I stayed up to 3 a.m. in 2016 waiting for the results. I'm not sure if this person is even familiar that they went into well like the 5th and 6th before uh, some states were verified. And uh, Pennsylvania was like the last one, I think, on the 6th. 
So, um, yeah, I don't know what he's talking about. It says here, fun facts, it is written in Pennsylvania's Act 77 that they have to start counting absentee and mail-in ballots at 8 p.m. on Election Day, and they are not allowed to stop until they have all been counted. And, yeah, that was a reply to that previous one. Let's see here if we can get another one. Um, that's all to that guy. Do, 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 do. Can we get a new one? All right. It all occurred around 10.30 p.m. just after Florida and Ohio were called heavily in Trump's favor, just after the West Coast polls closed, and while Trump was leading in every single swing state in question. Uh-huh. Yep. So just disputing on how late the votes were counted and whether or not that was legal. Uh, basically going on there. So I'm just going to move on because, again, no evidence. No evidence. All but speculation and accusation in order to cope all right let's scroll down they're talking about the youtube thing let's see what the first comment is the first one is tired of reporting this thread oh it's a moderator my bad uh not the company that said two years ago they were working hard to prevent the next trump situation they would never do that Hmm. And uh, there's a great video out there about YouTube's uh, alt-right pipeline on how, like, once you kind of get that first taste, the algorithm just keeps giving it to you and just keeps giving it to you. And it's been shown that YouTube does have a significant conservative lean because of the algorithm constantly feeding that and them taking down or demonetizing uh, leftist uh, material. Um, we have principal fired for sharing conservative means on Facebook where she said she'd rather vote for a potato than Joe Biden. And this is apparently reported by the Daily Mail, very right-leaning here. Elementary school principal is suing school district after being fired for sharing conservative memes on her Facebook page where she said she'd rather vote for a potato than Joe Biden. Veteran educator Amy Sachs was the principal of Evergreen Elementary School. She had been working for the Perkyoman Valley School district for 20 years during the coronavirus pandemic and social unrest of 2020 she made a number of meme postings that caught the attention of superintendent barbara russell now here's the thing is that if you aren't allowed to pray at um a uh, football game which is something that we reported here on the religious freedom or freedom of religion episode but uh you probably can't show support uh for you know certain politics when you are working for a public school um, it probably fits under the same guidelines for the district it says superintendent russell is alleged to have sacked her because she found her social media postings offensive unacceptable and unprofessional and we don't know what all of them are we don't even know if like what they really mean by conservative memes because they can really vary um Several of the postings were of conspiracy theories, while others openly displayed her Republican political leanings. The school board said that Sachs had resigned rather than been fired, but the principal has said that was untrue. Sachs is now suing the district to get her job back and to be reinstated as principal along with $500,000 in compensation. Wow. Uh, for emotional turmoil. 
Amy Sachs, who had been teacher for 20 years, posted on Thanksgiving Day that the Perky Omen Valley School District and superintendent decided that the First Amendment sp- freedom of speech has no place in public schools and that teachers and administrators are unfit to serve if they hold and express political beliefs that are right of center. Um, yeah, well, I, I think that you're not supposed to do that at all when you're in that position. You're not supposed to even show that you're a centrist. Um, I think the whole point is to try your best to keep it ideological free so that the kids can think for themselves. Um, let's see. The memes include ones posted on Instagram and Facebook at the height of civil unrest during the summer. Um, she called. So one of the memes is of Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi, and it says the virus and underneath it is people voting and it says the cure and i'm just gonna say like when you post something that says these two people who represent democrats are uh the virus you know you you're borderline playing with the idea that democrats are uh viruses or you know that their ideology is a virus and that kind of deepens the uh culture war that is going on in the united states it deepens the divide um so you really have to think about that before you send post here's another meme it said due to covid we're gonna need people to riot from home and destroy your own shit uh, making it very obvious that she does not support the Black Lives Matter movement, and I feel like if she actually had um, African-American students, that would make them feel uncomfortable if they also uh, pay attention to these things. But it's an elementary school, so overall, you really shouldn't even be paying you know, any, any mind to this. And if you're going to have a Facebook, maybe don't add people from your work so you can post whatever you want. Um... Another meme here is a picture of Jeff Foxworthy, and it says, if you think the coronavirus panic in an election year right after three failed coup attempts against Trump is a coincidence, you might be dumb as a rock. And so, yeah, just spreading disinformation, Trump loyalty kind of memes, and I could see how um, some people can perceive that to be a bit of a threat to, um, well, not a threat, but, you know, a, a hazard for the job because you have such political biases that you do have to wonder how far the conservatism does go into your job and whether your implicit biases can uh, affect it. So there's another meme here from the Lion King. It says, what's out there, dad? Ignorant son on a scale I've never seen before. And then another one that says, looking for some clarity is Corona season over and we're on to riot season. I just need to know if I need a mask or a rifle. Yeah, these are very, these are a little bit more right than a center right. Um, unless that's what the right is now, you know, unless that's what the center right is, which is just right right wing um if you can't carry buy some wasp and hornet spray keep it beside your seat in your vehicle it sprays 20 to 30 feet stream all right that one's kind of inciting violence that one's kind of inciting violence and uh an elementary school principal posting that would concern me that one would concern me essentially saying to use wasp and hornet spray like bear mace so um Let's get into comments here. It says she gets fired for wanting to vote for a potato, but a teacher only gets suspended for yelling about killing anti-lockdown protesters. And this comes from the New York Post. Oregon teacher suspended for ranting at anti-lockdown protesters. An Oregon teacher was caught on... Oh, yeah, but she did that like 
That video of the lady yelling at anti-lockdown protesters that went viral is the one who was suspended. Um, yeah, she said, bitch, kill yourself. I'm a fucking teacher. I work in schools. Um, she wasn't on the clock, and I don't think she was really anticipated to be identified. It's completely different than putting it on your uh, Facebook, but I do understand because in a lot of situations, people who go viral because of them being a Karen and calling the cops on a black person for being black, um, they also lose their job in these kind of situations. So she is being held accountable, but apparently that's just really not enough for, uh, for right wing. But I guess, you know, you know, if she really is threatening, uh, death of people then you know she might actually deserve to be let go of her job if her job is to watch over children because you really have to have the concerns the same way of her implicit biases so i could i could agree with that sentiment a little bit there um let's see here there's this little anecdotal beneath the uh teacher in oregon post and it says in 1998 i had two co-workers who escaped from iraq honest-to-God refugees. They said that in Iraq, you didn't dare speak the name of Saddam Hussein. Just that alone would be enough to get you arrested and tortured. Actual dis dictatorship in action. Sadly, we're starting to see it here. <laughs> Badmouth Trump, insult him, lie about him, steal an election from him, beat his supporters, murder his supporters, and you're a hero. No, 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 nobody's, nobody has, no, nobody has said that. Saying anything that can possibly be negative about Biden and you can lose your job. This person didn't read the article. What's going to happen if Biden takes the White House? I think the, the spray one might have been closer to why she lost her job. And also labeling Democrats as a virus is probably why she lost her job. Not because she said Joe Biden was a potato. Obviously, you didn't read the whole article because it did have certain excerpts of the, of the meme here. So, um... Yeah, the, oh man, it's such an echo chamber in this subreddit, but we're going to go find another story. One more. We'll do one more. Um, apparently, Elon Musk has left California and moved to Texas, and I find myself not giving a shit. Um, this one says, officials find 12 uncounted ballots in a drawer in race where GOP challenger leads by a dozen votes. Coming from the Washington Examiner, which is very right-leaning, um, you know, uh, 12 votes, of course, like that kind of oversight can be expected. So I'm not really too interested in that. Uh, Georgia Governor Kemp, Brian Kemp, awarded $107 million contract to Dominion two weeks after meeting with People's Republic of China Consul General. Yep. Uh, equating the idea that Democrats want to work with China and that China wants to work with Demo Democrats. That's all that is. Um it's it's yeah it's the same thing that democrats did with like trump and russia except there was plenty of evidence to kind of show that trump was interested in working with russia so much so that he tried it again with ukraine in 2019 so let's move on here see what else is popping in the right sphere gotta get one more one more good one there, there's like five different posts about the YouTube changes because I know for sure that they're all going to capitalize on it. Oh, okay. So, oh, and it comes from Breitbart. Oh, yeah. Let's get it. It says here, Pompeo, uh, thanks to Trump, Chinese Communist Party has now shown itself and is exposed. <laughs> what? <laughs> Uh, recently, uh, Pompeo had a press conference going, going over China and it's, uh, 
its threat to the United States. Um, it's like a 40 minute video. I hadn't watched it. Um, I'm sure it's the same stuff that we already covered in the last episode about John Ratcliffe and this and the national intelligence. I'm sure it's the same exact shtick. But here we go. Um, you can listen to the story, huh? Should we listen to the story or should I just read some of it? No, let's let's listen to it. Let's give it a try. Exclusive Pompeo. Thanks to Trump, Chinese communist. Never mind. So, Secretary of State Mike Pompeo told Breitbart News exclusively that <laughs> it's pretty shady when you go to Breitbart News exclusively, since they are like far right. Um, so it tells them exclusively that President Donald Trump and his administration have successively expose the Chinese Communist Party as the most significant threat to the United States, something he hopes will last long into the future, because there's nothing better than cold wars with superpowers. There's nothing that benefits the citizens of those countries more than both of those countries being so focused on outdoing the other. Oh, yeah, let's get it. <clears throat> Thanks to the work of Trump and his administration, Pompeo said, combined with the Chinese Communist Party's cover-up of the origins of the coronavirus pandemic. <laughs> no, uh, President Trump actually removed the uh, scientists that were working um, for the pandemic team of the White House. Uh, he removed them from there just before the outbreak. So, um, you know, and we haven't been very Fort Worth with working with them. So let's just move on from that. The Chinese Communist Party and its influence operations across the country and around the world are well known and public. The CCP, the president's top diplomat and former CIA director argued, was able to operate in the shadows with impunity for years. But now it can no longer hide its agenda and actions from the world. Quote, the CCP has now shown itself, Pompeo said. It frankly didn't for a long time. We can now see it. Each time we push back, you see it more clearly. Each time we talk about how this virus emanated from Wuhan, China, the Chinese try to tell a story that it came from Italy or it came from American soldiers. I think the story this week was it came from packaged food. This is false and disinformation. We're unraveling their narrative. We have taken this seriously because Xi Jinping is taking is taking making China the middle kingdom, a global hegemony, seriously. So we have a responsibility to get this right. No, the, the United States just feels um, extremely threatened by the, the growth of China. Um, but let's see here. I just want to type in real quick, coronavirus origins on february 11th 2020 no a new report adds to the evidence of coronavirus cover-up in china that comes from the washington post mm. Let's see china floats covid19 theories that point to foreign origins frozen food who hopes to visit china to investigate coronavirus origin as soon as possible so yeah there's not really too much to actually say concretely these are the origins but originally we had suspected the meat markets in china um and there are conspiracy theories floating around that they created it in a lab 
So, um, you know, just let it be known that that exists, that those uh, ideas exist. But for now, we don't concretely know. Um, the more the the most likely that scientists have pointed towards is that the coronavirus, which you know is this COVID nineteen, is a mutation of the original coronavirus itself, and that it had been mutating in bats before it made the human transition. Um, and you know, I think. Uh, Denmark is seeing the same situation with minks and they had a mutation cross between from minks back to humans. So that's a developing story as well. Um, so I'm not going to say for sure that China's full of shit or that we are full of shit saying that China did what, but I just want to acknowledge that we don't know a hundred percent yet where the origins came from. And until we actually get the word from scientists, there's no reason to believe the secretary of state because the secretary of state is very focused on foreign policy and the United States attitude towards certain nations that are in that foreign policy. So it says Pompeo is traveling to Georgia tech on Wednesday to deliver a speech about Chinese influence operations on American college campuses and the threat they represent to the United States. That's funny. He's like, he goes to literally to a college to scare the shit out of the students to say that China's trying to undermine their uh, education. Some on the left and in the establishment media have raised concerns at Pompeo appearing in Georgia, where there are two ongoing U.S. Senate runoffs that could determine majority control in the U.S. Senate, is a political trip disguised as official business. Hmm, that's interesting. Upcoming on January 5th, both GOP Senators Kelly Loeffler and David Perdue will face Democrats Reverend Raphael Warnock and John Ossoff, respectively. Republicans will definitely have at least 50 U.S. Senate seats next year, and Democrats will definitely have at least 48. If the Democrats were to take these two seats, that would mean the Senate would deadlock in a 50-50 tie. In such a scenario, whoever the Vice President of the United States is would cut the ties. As it stands now, Democrat presidential candidate former Vice President Joe Biden leads in enough states that have certified their election results to win the White House next year, but President Trump is continuing with a challenge of the results. If the challenge is unsuccessful, Biden would become the president and his running mate, Senator Kamala Harris, would become the vice president. And they misspelled president, making her the tie-breaking vote in the Senate in such a scenario. Asked about the Senate majority and the White House next year as it relates to China policy, Pompeo pointed to what he described as a growing bipartisan consensus on the threat of the Chinese Communist Party to the United States. He credited Trump for building that consensus and waking up both parties to the threat from Beijing. And I just want to highlight here that the guy who helped create Breitbart News and also Donald Trump the president, Steve Bannon, um, has had an extremely anti-China policy. Like, he uh, really, he even made a documentary about it. So I feel like a lot of this has to come with the uh, same feelings that uh, Steve Bannon has about China, which is basically that they're a threat to the hegemony of the United States in the uh, foreign international world stage and that may be that may be true they are the second wealthiest nation and it is going to be interesting but you know the united states being the most powerful nation for over 150 years you know you gotta suspect that at some point someone is going to try to take the throne and the article continues as for his trip to georgia tech pompeo made clear this is not despite his critics claims a political trip but one focused on exposing the threat of ccp malign influence on american campuses he pointed to a recent speech from director of national intelligence john ratcliffe 
who similarly similarly has raised the alarm about such threats from China, from the Chinese, which he uh, provided no evidence for, and you can hear that in the previous episode. Quote, as for my trip to Georgia, this is a speech about Chinese influence operations, Pompeo said. The DNI spoke about this issue a week ago or so, Chinese influence operations and the work they're doing, the lobbying they're doing on American college campuses and how this impacts American national security. They didn't get into that. The, that that opinion piece that he put on the Wall Street Journal, they did not get into that. They didn't even, that article didn't bring up college campuses whatsoever. Um, Georgia Tech is one of America's premier research institution. And so I'm going to go down there and talk about how the Chinese have infiltrated these institutions and are using our own knowledge against us to create wealth for their people and create risk for ours. It's a set of remarks I had intended to give back in the spring at another school, but the school ultimately said they didn't want me to come down and do it. I think those are connected ideas. Okay, is he really alleging that the college that didn't let him do the speech the first time was influenced by China? Wow. Wow. That's gross. Uh, the quote continues, they didn't want me to be there for the very reasons of the topic I intended to speak about. And then we got caught up with the school being out because of COVID. And I'm sure that's what had more to do with it. The quote continues, so we've settled on this week at Georgia Tech. I'm looking forward to it because it's an important round out to this narrative I've been talking about with regard to national security in China for the last two and a half years. Unquote. And of course, he uses the word narrative in there because that's mainly what this is. It's not specifically any evidence, proof, truth. It's just merely a narrative. Really. And, you know, China can be uh, guilty of these things, but when they don't provide proof to the American people, they are using our ignorance to their own benefit to go to a Cold War with China to focus our tax money and our policies on uh, disputing China's rule and uh, not 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 stoked on it i really wish we would focus more on uh you know domestic policy that way our people actually see the results of prosperity and not always watching it float to the top but the article continues the house just passed legislation that had passed the senate earlier this year that could lead to chinese companies being delisted from U.S. stock exchanges if they are government-backed companies like many Chinese firms are. Asked about this legislation and whether he spoke to the president about it, Pompeo said he was not sure about the particular bill, but did say the president's entire approach to China has been first and foremost an economic issue. Quote, It's very clear the president began in understanding this as an economic issue. He began with tariffs. Pompeo said. Then the work we've done in making sure they're not using telecommunications infrastructure like Huawei to steal data and information. We've pushed back on IP theft as well. So your point about investment issues, we've also strengthened the CFIUS laws, the rule that governs how Chinese companies can invest in the United States. We've simply said this ought to be fair and reciprocal. If an American company can't invest in China on a certain set of terms, why should a Chinese company be allowed to invest here? This set of legislation you're describing, I think, relates to that. That is, if they're going to raise capital and use our markets, they ought to have the same set of rules for accounts and uh, or for accounting and reporting that any company from any place else in the world world ought to have. I think that makes enormous sense, and it's consistent with the president's idea of fairness and reciprocity between every country. We shouldn't have a separate set of rules for China." Unquote. What's more, no matter who is president next year, Trump or Biden, depending on how the president's challenges go, 
keeping making sure they're keeping that in the article. And no matter what happens in future elections, Pompeo believes that the Trump administration's approach to the Chinese Communist Party is going to be lasting because of the work they have done to expose the threat to the American public and to the world. We he also argued that this represents a broader fight between freedom and tyranny, and that he is confident will win the day in the long run. Yeah, it's all propaganda. It's all propaganda, and it's going to be used for more Red Scare nonsense. So that's great because, you know, it's the Communist Party. So anybody who's going to be of the far left is apparently going to be a Chinese spy as well. So, you know, watch for further de developments on that. Uh, last quote here, quote, It will be lasting. The work that we've done around the world as well to inform the world about these risks has now convinced people all across the world about the challenge that the CCP presents. That will mean this is lasting. That will mean the Chinese Communist Party will not be able to count on countries across the world bending the knee for them and appeasing them, but rather they will see the world is united. They will see this isn't just a battle between the US and China, but rather this is about the world, what the world is going to look like. It is going to be a world governed by authoritarians who, um, let me reread that one sentence because that was horrible delivery. Is it going to be a world governed by authoritarians who don't want the rule of law and sovereignty? Or is it going to be the model that has made the world so successful for the last hundred years? The rule of law. Even though law and order in the United States is a dog whistle for authoritarianism. It is. So, um, nation states acting in their own best interests. That's the competition between freedom and tyranny, and I am very confident that the work that President Trump and our administration has done will put the world in a place where freedom will prevail, unquote. Even though Trump has been the, more, the most flirtatious authoritarian that has been in office, and if he was actually successful in winning this election or even overturning the results of this election, we would see that authoritarian grip tighten severely. So let's jump in those comments. And wrap this bitch up. The top one with the most upvotes says, fuck the CCP. All my homies hate the CCP. Very enlightened. The next one says, China is asshole. Don't trust China. China is asshole. Fuck China. Wow, there's just so much philosophical, enlightening, illuminating thought going on in this subreddit. If you have not seen this Chinese professor talking about how they are inside our government and how Joe, oh, Bo Jiden, and how Bo Jiden is good for China, then it's definitely worth watching. Unbelievable that it has taken this long to hold them accountable and that a previous administration let things get so out of control. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, he put a link in there for the video and it comes from the Daily Mail. And it says, what's the headline? Let's go. It's a pretty long article. It says how Fang Fang, the Chinese spy, slept with two U.S. mayors and targeted politicians, including one of the youngest members of the House, before slipping out of the U.S. when the FBI came knocking. Wow, that sounds like some FBI spy, or like uh, some movie spy shit right there. That sounds like some James Bond. That sounds like uh, Black Ops Cold War right there. Honestly, um, don't know how much of it's true, but I have seen the story circulating a bit that U.S. officials had slept with a Chinese spy, but I didn't know how much of that was just defamation. Um, but I guess that's just going to be where I leave it today, and we're going to have to extrapolate more later. I'll probably just save this page article here, and we'll open with that next episode. 
Um, but I'm, you know, of course, with it being Daily Mail, we'll have to pull up other articles to get confirmation of the information that they put in there because a lot of times Daily Mail will stretch that truth far and wide. But um, yeah, <laughs> I told you it was a lot of news today. I told you that, and here we are at the end of it, and there's still much more, much, much, much more. So uh i don't know hit like and subscribe give a review if you're listening go check out the channel on youtube talks news uh hit me up on twitter at as a wave a-z-a-w-a-v and uh yeah that's that's gonna be it and i hope you have a very radical and justified life Isabel.